Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and it's a wonderful day in the neighborhood, and welcome to Ghost Next Generation. I am Ron Kolick, Ben Newsboy today, and I've got all news that's unfit to print. And joining me is not Anne. She's out in Baltimore looking at uh, Edgar Allan Poe's grave. So I have the next best thing. I have the bald bombshell, Mr. Steve Parsons. Hello. Hey. What's up? Well, we're at the World Cup. Yeah, what happened there? You guys... Well, at least we didn't go out in penalties this time. (laughs) What was the final? 2-1 to Croatia in the last minute of extra extended time. Oh, really? Huh. Uh So you guys, like, bummed a little bit? Uh, The team did incredibly well because it's a brand new, very young team. And it, to be honest with you, there were no expectations on them doing anything. So to get through to the quarterfinals, semifinals, is uh, incredible. Yeah. Is that a big deal in the UK? Football? Uh, well, yeah. We, I mean, football to us is like um, football to the Americans, I guess. Not yeah. soccer. Okay. Soccer to the Brits is like football to the Americans. Or NASCAR is if you live in the South. Uh, whatever. Anyways, you know, like it, you will be getting an NFL franchise there in the UK. Yes, we are. We should have an NFL uh, franchise at Spirit Quest as well. Yeah. <laughs> There's a field out the back. Yeah, I know. <laughs> anyway, Hell, come on. It's better than having bonfires and fire pits. and. Oh, don't you remember that one, right? At Spirit Quest, oh, oh. when I... Uh, the I mojo jump stuff, witchy <laughs> stuff, and I do. I mm. do, I do, I do, I do. You still there? Yeah, I'm just reminiscing. I just uh, building the fire pit in the heat. Yeah, well, you know, somebody's going to do it. It's not going to be me. So no, no, not many people ask the keynote speaker to do it. Oh, here we go. Who's was the last... speaker? I'm sorry. I, I thought. Uh... Uh, what was it last year? Was it Kelly install... Spangler, right? I, I... <laughs> and what was it? What was it last year? Installed the printer. Yeah. Well, what's it... <laughs> you gotta earn your keep, you know. Yeah. True enough. Anyways, you'll be coming up uh, this uh, September. Coming. This fall, we will uh, be September, there. September 28th, 29th, and 30th. Spirit Quest again. Who knows what I'll. Uh, Send you away. Oh, wait a minute. Speaking of that, okay, okay. Now, for those who don't know, Spirit Quest is, is, is an event we run every year. Uh, it's not, it's more than a paracon. It's, it's much more than that. And It's uh, not a paracon. It's different than a paracon. Yeah, it is. So It's better. It, it, and we run it every year. We've done it for, I think, usually do a theme or something. And this year is uh, in search of. But last year, it was a little bit under the weather which means I couldn't get around very much at all. So uh, Steve was in charge of the ghost hunt. Yeah, I grounded you last year. (laughs) At at the cottage, and 
I I just found out, and this is what what month is this? July. July. Mm-hmm. I just found out you made my girls scream at the kids. Uh and as a nuns? Is is that right? Uh, it might have been. I, I have no recollection. It was. I've yeah, I have no then. recollection. I, I've slept since then. But, there's no happen, right? Um. Well, lots of. I mean, there are lots of different approaches, aren't there? I mean, you can't. People have got this sort of idea. I think it's this new age idea that you have to be nicely nicely to ghosts. But sometimes, I, I, I don't know. I'm speculating. I actually genuinely can't remember. But we may have been. Um, Provoking them a little, or whatever. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, and uh, Anne was originally doing it, and I may have been shouting at the. I may actually have been shouting at the at the participants. It could have been. No, no, <laughs> you may, no, you didn't do it. No, no, you just sent my flunkies. I mean, my girls. Uh, uh, there we are then. Yeah, so, are. yeah. I mean, it was so embarrassing when she couldn't do it. Of course, Leslie is a special needs uh, disciplinary one, so she was yeah. uh, very good I mean, for that. Why? Why is it that we have to? I mean, according to the spiritualists and those that those that uh, claim to be in communication with the spirits, we are as in death. We are the same as in life. So true. And, you say that. and so why why would we treat the spirits with you know with just deference all the time and respect all the time. We don't treat our fellow human beings. Yes, we, but that, that we yell and shout at each other that if we get frustrated said, and peed off with them. That being said, it's got to be deserved. You just can't do it at all of them. That's well, just, I, I, I that's just kind of mean. I genuinely can't recall the circumstances, but I'll, I'll, I'll guarantee you one thing. It was legitimate. <laughs> I'm sure I don't. I don't just do things for the sake of doing things. That there, there had to have been a rationale for what we were doing at the time. I'm I, sure I, there was. I honestly can't remember. I mean, often the reason I don't remember isn't because I, I I've got frail memory. It's just that often you have to kind of develop ideas on the fly. You know, in response to situations as they develop and right. as 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 they progress. And it, whatever it was, it must have been expedient at the time to. Do whatever it was we we did. And that's your story, and you're sticking to it. Uh, well, I've been sticking to it for a lot of years. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, this year is 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 going to be another great one, and uh, it is. I mean, we've it, got a. How we chose that title? I think you chose it this time around. The theme. Well, um, we we both did. We sitting yeah, on our, uh, sitting on the porch, sitting on the porch, but but. Uh, there was a touch of synchronicity and possibly even foresight um, involved in that one mm-hmm. because w- that name was, and the, the theme was uh, conjured up September, October of last year. Which we always September. seem to do, don't we? Yeah. So 2017, we had the theme and the idea um, in search of, I think I might have said the name, and then you came up with this sort of, anyway, whatever happened. Mm-hmm. Um and I can now tell you, you see, because it's been secret up until this month. Uh, because yeah. if you recall, uh, In Search Of was also used by a superb television series hosted by the actor Leonard Nimoy. Right, which, believe it or not, I'm going through right now. We have the complete set, and he comes over to right. visit. We always put one or two chapters on to watch. And it came out, I think it was about 150 episodes. 70s. But um, 
it's now been announced uh, by the History Channel that uh, the actor, the American actor, Zach, Zachary Quinto, who um, also plays Spock in Star Trek in the movies. The new uh, The new movies, of course. Uh, is also interested in the paranormal, and through his, uh, he was uh, instrumental in a new series of In Search of that is coming to uh, our screens, both sides of the Atlantic, in about two weeks' time. Um, and it's now been, yeah, the, the trailers are starting to appear um, on social media. And if you look very carefully on one of the trailers, <laughs> you can see an episode that involves me. No, uh, really, huh? And, um, and also Anne Winsper. Really? Straight in the uh, bottom of the barrel, were they, huh? Uh, it might have been. It was the only ones they could get for cheap hire? Is that, is that what it was? Um, something like that. <laughs> um, well, that's how it felt like. No, I... Uh, it was the actual episode was in search of time slips. Oh, really? Which, uh, by the way, topics uh, this year. That's right. So I didn't know that when we. I didn't know about in search of being remade, and I didn't know that time slips would be when I chose time slips as the topic for my one of my talks. Actually, I chose it. That's the point. Did you choose? Well, anyway, I, I agreed to it, but. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Uh, so, so yeah. So only in February of 2018, some four or five months later, there was myself and Anne uh, actually having on-camera disagreements about the causes and the re- reasons why people experience such phenomena. You mean somebody disagrees with you other than me? Um, I don't expect anybody to agree with you. <laughs> I've never expected anybody to agree with me. So that that is coming out. There's, you you guys should be are, on your screens in July. Uh, this is awesome. Oh. You know, we, we're going to have to have a little party here. Maybe we can have it on both sides of the Atlantic. And, uh, you know, well, maybe we can get I, everybody I to tune in. Yeah. Hey, I got an idea. Let me – this is a great idea. And I think that you will probably hate it, but that's good. <laughs> I'm going to find out when it's going to come on. I think it's July 20th. Okay, so your episode? Uh, I don't know when my episode is. All right, so I'm going to find out when your episode comes on. And when it does, we could have a live uh, chat to go along with it and answer people's questions while the show is on. Well, we could also try and get Anne involved as well. That's fine. That's fine with me. Yeah, it's a history channel. Um, I'll get the information. I think it's a great idea. uh, I'm just seeing, look at the trailers, if there's any more information. Um, Um, no, there's nothing. Yeah. It is. It, uh, it's scheduled to. Hang on. Uh, scheduled here in the United States. Uh, yeah, well, scheduled, scheduled. Uh, does it give the date? I'm sure. I'm sure. It, I'm sure it's July twentieth in the US. Okay, great. I will find out the exact time of your episode, and if you guys are up to it, I think that would be a great thing to do. And uh, uh, yeah. yeah, we'll do that. Mm. All right, unless so it's a stupid o'clock. Yeah, well, it's probably stupid o'clock in the United States, but I will, I will get back to you on it and, and see okay. what information I get, and we'll discuss it. And I think that's a good idea. Uh, yeah, I'm all on for it. So there you, you go. Can, we can, so we anyways, can answer questions, talk about the making of it, and what, yeah, what, uh, what, it's like, what it's like working with an A-lister. 
You mean you? <laughs> no, I mean Zachary. <laughs> <laughs> or Anne. <laughs> no, I mean Zachary. I'm sure I'm going to object to that. Uh, anyway, okay, so that's great. So uh, look for fun. But, but the, the future what synchronicity, week. though? Yeah, absolutely. With, with Spirit Quest. I some people would say that would be paranormal. Some people said, well, I mean, obviously, Joe Nickel would say that um, we, no, you, uh, you know, we knew in advance. Actually, we found out in December um, of 2017 that we were involved. I'm not even sure if Joe is really human, so I, I can't tell. Yeah. But unfortunately, I up until... He, I think he may be an alien trying to keep us back. Yeah. We say, unfortunately, um, we were, you know, you sign these bits of paper that means you can't Talk tell about. anybody. Yeah. So, um, hey, there there so anyways, uh, before we get into the paranormal news, which mm -hmm. is one of our topics tonight, I do want to mention about Spirit Quest Ghost Hunt, which is a Saturday night uh, at Spirit Quest. It's in search of fear. And uh, a, a William James, who had an interest in spiritualism, famously wrote that ghosts do not cause us to feel fear. Rather, it is the experience of fear that summons ghosts to us. So we're going to put that little quote to the test here at uh, Spirit Quest this year. And uh, I'm kind of about we've got a few uh, few little uh, things, uh, twists and turns to go with this thing. And, uh, you know, it, I the 28th, 29th, and 30th of September of this year. So be, be there or Steve will be here. And In Search of Fear is one of the many events that are happening. Yeah. It's presentations, workshops, and yada, 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 yada. We have, is it Chinese food this year? Uh, we're not discussing that. Anyways, go to any ghost project. <laughs> you promised me Chinese uh, food. Go into the paranormal news, all the news that is not worth printing. <laughs> so, do you have anything, or do I have to start? Oh, no, I'm, I'm more than happy to start. Um, uh, I'm going to start with, hang on one second, because I'm going to also simultaneously trying to put the link onto the Ghost Chronicle Next Generation. Oh, we, ha we have to do that? I, okay, I'll try to do that. Ooh. Anyway, this, this story, all my stories obviously come from the UK. Um, oh, they do? You see, all yeah. my stories come from the UK. Huh? No, Because, you know, Americans that... know so much about the UK. Americans know so much about the UK. They, write, know, they uh, write books about the UK. That's they write books about the UK. Right? Anyway, this one comes from a dog owner, um, Michelle Crichton, who's a, who's 44, and is comforted by seeing the ghost of her beloved pet. Oh, oh actually, it's in the UK press, but this is at her home in Manitoba, Canada. Mm -hmm. A pooch lover is convinced that she saw the ghost of her dead dog in her living room curtains mere weeks after he passed away. Michelle Crichton, and they always put the age, don't they, 44, has struggled to come to terms with the loss of her great Dane, six, Oakley, after he died in April of this year. However, she believes that her late pooch wasn't far away as she saw her ghost on the living room curtains one evening. <gasps> Despite the sight being eerie to some, and there, there are pictures, Michelle found great comfort in seeing her dog on the curtains and believes that it proves his presence is still with her. Michelle, 44, 
from Manitoba, Canada, said, When I first saw the shadow, I thought my eyes were playing tricks on me, so I just stared at it. But then it clicked, and I couldn't believe how much it looked like my Great Dane Oakley fit. I quickly took some photographs because I didn't think anybody would believe me. I even got up and opened the curtains, and the shape changed, but I could no longer see the shape of my dog. I got immediate goosebumps. There we go. And the uh, the link is now on the Ghost Chronicles Next Generation Facebook page. And Oakley is a big Great Dane. If you look at the... There is a shadow on the curtains that she says looks like a Great Dane. That's nice. And I'm glad that she was comforted. Very comforting. Of course... I can't really see a Great Dane. I can see... Actually, do you know what? I've just realised Scooby-Doo is a Great Dane. Is he really? Yeah. So perhaps... I'm not a dog aficionado, so I can't... No, but you're aware of the cartoon series, Scooby-Doo. Yes, I know, but I'm yeah. not... Well, he's a Great Dane. Are you sure he's a Great Dane? I'm just saying yeah. he doesn't remember no, Great Dane. Probably he is. Great Dane said more pointed noses, but... Well, he was a cartoon dog. It wasn't real. Oh, really? Mm. Say. So, uh, yeah, it could be, anyway. be Scooby Doo investigating the, because there are, I mean, whatever the reality of it is, and it, the fact that it changed shape when she moved the curtains more than likely shows the, the, the nature of what, what really transpired. Um, you know, we're dealing here with pareidolia, aren't we? Uh, you know, the ability to. Or, or Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Um, yeah, the ability to discern shapes and patterns in random randomness. Uh, you know. yeah. I mean, figures in curtains are very, very common. You know, it, that's one of the, when people talk about pareidolia, it's actually one of the first things that they usually refer to. Uh, that they, that, that, yeah, they talk about you know, curtains or drapes. Uh, they, they talk about shape, faces in the fire or faces on the drapes. Uh, so, you know, it is one of the very, very common ones, um, mm. although not often a great day. But we do have ghostly dogs um, and not just I'm not just referring to the devil dogs and the black dogs, but there are phantom. You know, there are phantom dogs as well right. uh, th- throughout the annals of psychical research, both sides of the Atlantic. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I thought I'd start off with a comforting story from um, Michelle 44. In Manitoba, Canada. Oh, that's sweet. I wonder if the dog was named after the sunglasses company. I don't know. I don't wear sunglasses. Well, Anyways. Uh, what happened to the ones that got you then? Oh, those. Yeah, I have those from the car. I think Jan yeah. uses them. Uh, so cool in them. Oh, yeah, I do. So, anyways, carrying on with your uh, animal uh, thing and also tying in with the World Cup. I have learned that the octopus that had attributed, correctly predicted in the World Cup has been killed for food. <laughs> hang on, hang on. That, that octopus died. Oh, no, they ate him. <laughs> well, they might have eaten him after, but he died years ago. During the uh, FIA Cup final, he predicted uh, the correct uh, thing. One of the biggest uh, non-human stars was Rabio. Rabio. The Oracle Octopus, the cephalopod caught off the coast of Japan, who upon being placed inside a tank with three boxes, representing the three possible results of the match, win, lose, or draw, has correctly predicted it several times. According to reports, 
Rabio, Rabio, whatever his name means, managed to pick the correct boxes for the Japanese team winning against Colombia, its draw against Senegal, and its defeat to Poland. Ah, Poland, survive. Sadly, though, one thing the eight, uh, eight-legged psychic didn't see coming was his own demise. Just prior to Japan's defeat to Belgium on Monday, poor Rabio sold his suit food at the local market, and since then has ended up in someone's dinner, despite <laughs> terrible, despite well, the man who caught him. Imposter. And despite, despite this, the man who caught him remains optimist, optimistic about the future. I hope Rabio's successor will be accurately <laughs> caught to, to, to results of the game. Oh, they ate the poor thing! The thing is, though, he deserved it. He was an imposter. Because the original octopus, Paul the octopus... Paul the octopus? No, no, this is Rabio. Was, no, Paul was the famous octopus that in, uh, who was, uh, lived in the sea, sea Life Centre in Weymouth, England. And he was a, he'd come from a German... But he was the one... Um, hey, it, this, this was posted on July... Six. Paul correctly chose the winning team in four of Germany's six Euro 2008 matches, mm-hmm. um, including Germany's third playoff win over Europe. Paul's got his own Wikipedia page. He also correctly chose Spain as the winner of the 2010 FIFA World Cup, amassed an overall record of 12 cr- correct predictions out of 14, a success rate of 85.7%. That's probably why they didn't need him. Everybody died in the end. He got old and... No, they ate this one. They they sold them and ate them. That's 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 you know that's pretty sad. I'm so going, yeah, so there is there is another. Well, perhaps all octopi can do it. Yeah, that's maybe it's an inherent feature of uh, a trait of all octopi. It sounds uh, from some seafood company to uh, do some research. <laughs> well, I'm not having squid squid rings next time. Yeah. Oh, that was a good one. Oh well. Moving right along. And quickly. And very quickly. <laughs> All right, you're up. I'm what up. Time, what time do we have? We have enough time for another little sneak one in? Oh, I think so. Okay. What do you got? Uh, what I've got for is this time is, as he says, drastically trying to post the thing first. Oh, I should post that, by the way. Uh, well, I've posted mine. Although they're not oh, seem to be... If you're doing it, then I have to do it too. Well, they're not, show... they're not showing up, but nonetheless. Uh, anyway, um... This video was doing the rounds uh, earlier, um, about two weeks ago, on social media, and it shows a child's playground, which I think was in, uh, where was it, in Um, India, in in India, and you may even have seen it on social media, many of the listeners may have seen it, this swing in a child's children's play park in India. Excuse me, excuse me, I wrote about that in Ghost Today, it was in Argentina. No, this is video from recently. Oh, it's yes. They, they. All right, go ahead. Whatever. Yeah, so it's like Paul the octopus. We've now got, we've now got imposter swings. More haunted swings. Uh, yeah, it moves back and forth as, as if being erratically ridden, but there's Is no one inside. Uh, three of them side by side. Uh, there's two, two in this, in this one. All right, mine had three in it, and only the middle one moved. Ah, uh, well. Anyway, paranormal believers think they've seen the real deal after footage of a swing moving by itself in a children's play area recently went viral on social media. The video shows the deserted play area in India and one swing forcefully rocking itself back and forth as if being ridden erratically. And then there's the video, yada, 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 yada. 
Um, and of course, because this is on a pay-per-view site, it's now locked me out of the damn site. Oh, good. Um, but nonetheless, it's very, I mean, I've seen it on social media, and what you're dealing with here is an aerofoil. A what? An aerofoil. An airplane? It's an airfoil section. No, what you've got is two chains, um, which are actually not quite the same length. If you if you go in in detail, they're actually slightly eccentric, uh, eccentrically. Um, and then you've got this piece of rubber stretched between them, forming the seat, a piece of flexible you know, sort of neoprene or tyre rubber. And all that's happening, of course, is the, uh, the lightest breeze is just causing it to resonate and swing back and forth. And um, the other one, which, of course, if you look at the links of the chain in detail, it's actually got f- uh, fewer links in the chain, won't have the same resonant frequency. Really? So like, what you're dealing with is the same as Galloping Gertie at the Tacoma Narrows and all these other bridges and everything else. Galloping Gertie? Huh? Yeah, the Tacoma Narrows Bridge, Galloping Gertie. Galloping Gertie? That's what they used to call that bridge over the Tacoma Narrows, the one that famously... We never called it that. Maybe the British did, but what the hell do they know? It's our bridge. Why don't you go call your own things? Well, I've, it's just that, you know, I've got this newsreel footage. We've never footage. called it the It's Galloping just that I have this newsreel footage of the mayor of Tacoma um, being interviewed by one of the American newsreel networks at the time, and he refers to it as Galloping Gertie. Really? I have the original thing, and it is... I'm sure there was more than one media company there, but it was referred to as Galloping Gertie locally by the residents near Tacoma, Washington State. I beg to differ. All right. Well, whatever. That's what I say, whatever. So anyway, you're you're listening to uh, Ghost Chronicles, uh, what is this, International, Next, Next International? The next international generation edition. Yeah, next genera- international generation, right here. Actually, on- you could also be the morning edition because it's uh, it's after midnight here. Okay, on Tojanet and Pararex Radio, and we are talking about all the news that's not worth printing, and we'll be right back with more useless stuff. I am speaking to you via the medium of the ghost box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Para-X Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache, I am required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there. (laughs) 
feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. Listening to the morning edition of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation International Edition with your <laughs> Ron Kolek and Steve Parsons. And it's. Oh, was when I left. And it's the news. It's the news edition. Yes, all the news that isn't worth printing. Yes. So, anyways, uh, I, I just uh, wanted to bring this up because I have uh, a copy Funny of. Funny you should mention that. There what? was a story about a man who was terrified, so terrified of being in a haunted house showing a ghost hunt that he vomited everywhere. Well, you can tell me that later. Let me finish my end. Well, it's just that you said you were going to bring something up. Oh, I got it now. Okay, that was a joke. I'm sorry. I'm not used to... October 20th, uh, 26, 2007. The Haunted Swing, Vimora, Argentina. And? Through the years... People have been frightened by many, uh, God, I can't see the lights terrible in here. Many, <laughs> uh, many, haunted, glasses on. many haunted items, but never a playground swing until now. The uh, citizens of Fermat, Argentina, became spooked when the playground swing began to move on its own. The middle swing of three would move back and forth as if a child was in it. It uh, was like someone, an invisible child was on it, said one parent. I just said that. After a couple of months, uh, anxious parents informed the police. Uh, its uh, movements even baffled them. They, in turn, contacted a physicist, a physics professor from uh, the uh, local university. After uh, investigating, the professor ruled out any environmental causes such as wind, vibrations, or electromagnetic forces. The oh, swing continued. Bullshit, he did. He did. Uh, the, the swing continued to move, and at one point, it moved for t- 10 days straight, while other two swings remained still. Well, I've got another one Te- for you. Teacher Maria Silver Agagini uh, reported, uh, told reporters that uh, one scared child uh, nicknamed the area the Blair Witch and believes it's haunted. So there you go. That'll do it. Ruled out by a professor. 
from a university, my friend. <laughs> did he work for NASA as well? Um, he did. Here's another one for you. A haunted playground in Rhode Island from 2015. Really? It shows a family posted creepy footage to social media appearing to show a swing moving on its own uh, on its own accord despite the apparent lack of any wind. Meanwhile, yeah. other swings in the Rhode Island playground stay, seem to stand still. Was this proof of the paranormal or was it just fishing wire? And I've, there's, there's dozens of the blasted things. Exactly. So, yeah, don't go into playgrounds, folks. Don't no. go on the swings. Why couldn't they be haunted? Uh, I didn't say they couldn't be haunted. Oh, you did. You made a whole poop. I, I was I was referring directly to the one video in the news item that I linked, that which was doing the rounds two weeks ago in 2018, where the, the Indian case, where it is very apparent that, first of all, um, by looking at the number of link chain links, there is a different number on each of the each side of the swing. Two, the swing bases are flexible rubber. And three, the adjacent swing, which wasn't moving, has got shorter chains on it than the one that was moving. Therefore, the resonant frequency is not going to be the same. Well, evidently, you're no college professor. What, because I just demonstrated logical thought and reason? Oh, you just said it, but you haven't proved it. I haven't proved it. You haven't measured anything. Well, we don't know how. Well, what we don't have is any information from the professor saying what methods he used, what uh, controls were in place, what equipment he used, um, blah, blah, blah. Well, it's his department. He's the professor. Right. Well, he did If you're going to do, if you're going to do science. Well, you're going, to, you're going to have to lay out your, you know, your methods alongside your results. You can't just say, well, I measured EMF. I mean, good God, I've got, I know of a, of a UK professor of parapsychology who measured EMF with a Star Trek trifield meter. Did it work? No. Oh, that's a shame. But they didn't know any better. You see, it depends on what branch of, um, you know, expertise that, that these qualifications are in. Really? I, and without knowing the details of the measurements, the equipment, the nature of the methods that were used, the controls that were put in place, whether any uh, measurements were made of adjacent swings, uh, whether he was taking note of all factors such as the weather conditions, the wind speed, blah, blah, blah. It's meaningless. It's just more newspaper rubbish. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Besides which, we do also have in this, you know, on both sides of the Atlantic, we have quite a few people with fake qualifications or qualifications, you know, where they purport to be parapsychologists and... Uh, well, the police contacted them, so it was like, you know... Yeah, the police contact psychics, so the psychics, eh? Yeah, so, yeah. And the, and the only basis of the story we've got is a newspaper, and we all know how reliable they can be. I know you're making me sound all sceptical. You are. Anyways, uh, how about a haunted desk? Oh, that'd be interesting. I would like to uh, preface this by saying that I am a believer in the paranormal. Maybe not... <laughs> not this particular one. So he needs some kind of equipment, too. Uh, I've had a things happen at most of the homes I've lived in, including great many things my mom and dad, at my mom and dad's home growing up. I lived in my current house for about three years. This, uh, okay. 
it's, uh, it's happened. So uh, I have an antique, uh, 1800s. Is that antique in the UK? Yeah. Federalist style roll top desk, uh, secretary desk that I inherited when my partner passed away in 2019. The top portion of the has glass doors with shelves. My partner's ashes oh, are kept in an urn in one of those shelves. Oh, yeah, it gets better. And the bottom uh, oh, has, the, has the rolled up desk with assorted nooks and drawers, you know, like a regular one. And I have had not no issues of paranormal activity until recently. About three weeks ago, I woke up to discover the desk was open. Oh, the rolled top was rolled up. Oh, uh, it wouldn't occur by accident. It's since I definitely need assistance in opening. In other words, it was difficult to open by by even one person. I knew that I didn't do it, but I wasn't quite sure how to explain other than thinking, well, I must have done it. Hmm. So there you go. Last week, it happened again. No. And because of the previous incident, I was definitely aware I had nothing to do with it. Anyway, I went out of town last weekend, and upon returning home, I needed a stamp and a furry postcard that I needed to send out. I keep my stamps and address labels in the desk under the roll-top lid. But when I went to retrieve one, I discovered everything on the desk surface had been recently wet. The paper was damp and it was drying and it became warped. The paper uh, gradually dries, right? And uh, anyways, uh, uh, was to say it was my first time needing a stamp since the whole thing started three weeks ago. So I don't know how long the wetness happened related to the the uh, desktop being rolled up by itself. I never seen any liquid, but they're all damp. Am I going crazy? Or is my desk haunted? So what do you think, Steve? Want to explain that way? Well, you see, I don't think that's a fair question. Uh, can you, do you want to explain that one? Because we, I've got very few circumstances. However, such a Debbie Downer. However, I can I can offer some yes, um, yes. ideas of of what of things that I would consider worthwhile uh, asking or pursuing if I were if I were investigating it. I would want to look at, for example, um, room humidity and condensation. Oh, that's a good point. Because although there is no evident water, you can get, you know, things can get very, very wet very, very quickly just due to humidity and condensation. Um, and as to the, the desktop being found open, well... Yeah. Remember, it's difficult to open. Uh, yes, we have... That person's description of that. I don't doubt that it is, and I'm sure that if we went along, we would find that it is difficult to open. But I was I was reminded of a case quite recently, um, and in fact, one from a long time ago. Uh, but this recent one uh, was one of the news stories I rejected for tonight uh, because this was a, a British woman who who uh, woke up in the morning and. Uh-huh. On going through the photographs on her mobile phone, which she placed under her pillow at night, she was shocked to find a selfie of herself in bed asleep. Naked? No, 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 only... Oh, that's why you'd get rid of it. 
Now, she immediately got freaked out, um, and she she began to, uh, you know, she she wondered if somebody had been coming into her bedroom and taking the phone from under her pillow and um, taking you know some sort of photograph or doing something you know far worse while she slept. And she wasn't aware of anything. Right. However, um, what was revealed sometime late, uh, a little later, was that she was a notorious sleepwalker. Oh. And um, it was what what was what had obviously happened is she, the phone was readily to hand. She kept it in the same place night after night after night underneath her pillow. And you can what she's done is she's taken a selfie whilst. As a as a sort of um, sleeping, you know, whilst whilst sleeping, mm-hmm. um, and then put the phone back, and yeah. then shot and discovered. I mean, it's a cool thing to do to actually take a picture of yourself while you sleep. Um, I, but yeah, it must take some. But um, when yeah. you get your hand or something, if you did it while you're sleeping. Well, no, it depends. I mean, you don't see your hand on a normal selfie uh, because of the the way that mobile phones now uh, have the cameras placed at the top of the... Um, and so, yeah, I mean, people do do things when they're asleep. Apparently, according to Mrs. P, I, when I'm asleep, I raise both arms verti- whilst lying flat. I raise both arms vertically into the air um, as if sort of... You know, like a like a zombie line on the back. And really. So you know, people do strange things. I, I also um, have been told that I sleep, as indeed it's not uncommon. A lot of other people do as well. Sleep with their eyes open. What? That's freaky. It's very freaky to somebody who sees it, but apparently it's perfectly normal. Um, and Perfect. quite a few people, quite a few people. Keep, keep sleep, telling yourself that, Steve. It's perfect. Quite a few people uh-huh. sleep Perfectly with their eyes. Uh, sleep with their eyes open. That's perfectly normal. Steve. But what's interesting about what's interesting about that? Yes, Steve. Uh, is that your eyes are open, but clearly uh, it shows that your eyes are not processing, or your brain is not processing any information being sent down the optic nerve to the to, to the visual cortex, mm-hmm. because the eyes must be, you know, the the vision system is operating if your eyelids are open. And, um, you know, we can see it normally in a bedroom, but our brain is completely switched off from the vision system. Yeah. Which I thought was quite, quite interesting that you, uh, I mean, to be honest with you, when people told me I was doing it, um, it did shock me. So I did some, like, is this normal? And apparently it is quite, sure. it's unusual, it's unusual, but far from, um, rare. I believe it. <laughs> Anyway, should we, have a, should we have a new story? Oh, sure, sure. This is actually a plea that somebody will ask our advice. All right. Yes, All right. Sir. So uh, this happened a few years ago. Uh, I have well, read... They've only one... just asked. What's that? And they've only just asked for our advice. Yeah, yeah, because it's, it's a little disturbing. Uh, this happened a few years, and I have a things uh, similar sense. Of, well, I've read a lot of things similar. Until uh, this took place, I had very little interest in normal. Uh, Around 1 a.m., I detected it was time to go to bed. I went to switch off the room lights from the center of the room, and it's spelled C-E-N-T-R-E, so it must be from the U.K., right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I saw 
as I went to, uh, from the center of the room, I saw a perfect, detailed figure wearing a black robe. Right. Face and bump in the thing's robe. And it was visible for a few seconds. Around seven foot tall, perhaps slightly less. I, as I could exaggerating. I noticed I had barely visible, I, I noticed it had a barely visible white mask type face uh, with deep recessed within the hood. The garb was uh, that of uh, an oversized, uh, you know, medieval monk had worn, something like that. Uh, I would be interested in hearing any information on this thing. Uh, since it had happened, other things in the house have also uh, changed. There have been photographs many times where this figure has appeared in it. And, uh, it, oh, wait a minute. Uh, and it's definitely more prevalent after buying and using a Ouija board. Is it, can, is it dangerous to continue to use this Ouija board? So, I don't know where we started on this one. First, the figure, I guess, is the first thing to start with. Interesting how the figure was described, though. Why is that, Stephen? Well, it sounds, uh, I mean, the description sounds strongly reminiscent of the famous Newby Church uh, apparition. Well, you know what? I was thinking about that when I read it. This this comes from uh, Carlisle, <laughs> Cumbria, England. Well, yeah. I mean, the Newby Church Phantom, uh, which was taken by, was it in the 70s by, um, I can't remember the exact details now, but... Uh, was taken by um, oh let me just try and that's all right. it's not... it was in North Yorkshire anyway and, you be, yeah. uh, um, and was taken by the Reverend Lord if I remember it was, it was the early 60s it was around the time I was born so 62 it's a great 63. book and it's, it's been in every paranormal book and television program because it's just such an intriguing photograph exactly. and it's also been looked at by um, photographic experts who have concluded that the image wasn't the result of a double exposure. Um, many people have said it's just so bizarre that it must be fake, but they've never been able to demonstrate how it was done. And they claim it was, you know, a monk with some sort of weird white shroud. Um, and it, it looks horrific. It looks scary and spooky. And it, that was, you know, the description sounds uncannily like that. It does, doesn't it, really? Because that was the uh, so, first thing I thought of when I... Yeah, so um, that, that went through my mind. It's such a great photo. And people, of course, absolutely do see apparitions. And, and that photo was taken by a reverend, which gives it a little bit of credibility as far as, you know, it's not some... Well, would you say if it had been taken by a... Ghost hunter? If it had been taken by Would you a, say if it was taken by a ghost hunter who had a lips credibility? Yes, no, I would. None. I, <laughs> if it had been taken by a, a surgeon, would it have more credibility? I'm not sure, Steve. I'm probably the, about the, the same. As as a reverend? Uh, maybe maybe not quite. Just a little bit under. But a police officer, I would say, is the same as the... Uh, the you've, uh, got to, you've got to remember that the most famous photograph of Nessie was taken by a surgeon, the, doc, the surgeon's photograph. Yeah. And it was a hoax. <laughs> well, so, so they say at the end, he just... Uh, no, we owned up. <laughs> yeah, no, well, you know what? Uh, let me tell the you about who... let me tell you about owning up. A lot of people do that; they own up. Oh, oh yeah. And then it it, it uh, you know what? They just do that to, because they don't want to 
Oh, I mean, there's a psychological condition where people go and own up. Uh, they go into police stations and own up to uh, murders and all sorts of horrendous crimes. The, uh, there, there are many, many, many cases in the paranormal where where uh, people have owned up that they fake things and then are later recanted. Oh, maybe he, I mean, maybe he died. The Fox sisters being the most, well, the Fox sisters being the most famous. Are, are uh, the Cottonland fairies? Or the the Cottingley fairies. Although yeah. interestingly, although both both women did admit the, the the they both stuck to the story that one of the photographs was a genuine photograph, and that the others they created uh, in order to prove to the adults what it was that they were seeing. In fact, we did a we did a, a show on Ghost Chronicles on that very subject because I've I've got a copy of. A book that was privately put, printed and published by members of the family that talk about um, the the pictures. Yeah, I had a laugh. I, I got the I got uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's book on the Quantum Fairies when you came over here, and I was going to give you to it, and you said, "Oh, I have the original." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I should have known. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So what do you got? Um, but that is intriguing, and people absolutely do see apparitions. I mean, it's it, they they just do. Um, it does happen. But what what happens if you do have ghosts in your house? How do you you know what signs do you look out for, and what steps do you take? Well, Spectrum Paranormal Investigations have been in the media recently here in the UK, sharing their expertise and tips. It's important to have experts. For getting rid of, investigating and getting rid of ghosts. Oh, see, uh, that's so important. Yeah, so before you go running to the phone to seek help from your local paranormal investigation team, there are a few things that you can do to establish whether you have a genuine haunting um, in your home or place of work. All living creatures have a built-in alert system that triggers off when things just seem right. Don't seem right, said Spectrum Paranormal Investigations team leader Hazel Williams. He doesn't give her age. Doesn't give her age. Oh. It's an instinct that we, we possess and can give us a sense of fear that can escalate to the extent of paranoia. For humans, fear is so... Anyway, we're moving there. At Spectrum Paranormal Investigations, there are a set of protocols in place. Oh, things good. it requires from all clientele before it takes on a case. Here, the team share the advice given to everybody who believes that they have seen a ghost. Step one. First, you have to take into account all factors surrounding your experience. These can range from your state of mind to are you familiar with the location and has this location taken place in a place that you believe to be haunted? Try to remember as much detail as possible, even though it may have been a terrifying experience, because this will help determine the type of encounter you may have had. Oh, that's important. <clears throat> if you are still in the location we uh, and haven't run for the hills, we yeah. would then ask as much to, for them to obtain as much evidence as, that they can, including taking pictures and recording sounds. So that's all generally good advice and it's just a shame that spectrum paranormal investigations don't take it uh because if you scroll further down the article <laughs> you'll see like so many of the others that they talk to yeah, talk you know i think we should have them on the show because they have so much to offer us to to learn you know to teach us uh, you haven't scrolled down the article no i haven't 
No, they they talk the talk. I mean, that's that's good sound advice. Yeah. However. However. Well, when you see the equipment that they have and how oh. they describe it, um, and equipment flight cases full of well, I mean, there's a crucifix in there. There's an well, that's important. You and I both have crucifixes. A we dousing, have there's some crystals, a dousing pendulum, yeah, a tri-field tri meter. Oh, there you go, very scientific. Ghost box. Oh, there's Ghost a case. Well, two. More dousing rods. Dousing rods are great for something. Oh, here we go. And um, they're continuing with their advice. Spraying salt water in the air is useful um, to discharge negative energy. And yeah, it's good for your nasal passages, too. There we go. Yeah. And they suggest that uh, if you play some form of relaxing music and fill your home with love and happiness, ah. uh, it stops any negative fit spirit from feeding on your misery. I, I love that. that. That's all sound advice. Yeah, We should have them on the show. I'm, I'm really happy. They have so much to offer. So, yeah, so that's what you do. But, I mean, the advice... I find that a lot, you know, you, you, when when groups are promoting themselves, um, they they very much talk the talk. Uh, there's a group I, I, I've been dealing with um, recently, and they have, you know, the, the group's banner headline, the name, and then they they always have, a, like, a little quote, don't they? You know, we we move mountains. This group's this group's motto is, we question everything. Oh, that's good. Except... Having met them um, and spoken to them at length, they question absolutely nothing. They are the group. They are a group of individuals who I have never seen such blind acceptance in all my life. Total unquestioning. And yet their motto looks very good on paper. We question everything. That's nice. And that's that's often the case with. I mean, you know. Yeah. Groups promote themselves as scientific, as expert, as yada, yada, yada. And when it comes to it, you know, they, they talk the talk, but so few of them walk the walk. So there you go. What they need, really, is some sort of guide. The paranormal is, it can't be explained scientifically, so therefore... Well, I'll tell you, there are no experts in the paranormal. There you go. So anyway, we've run out of time. That was a two-minute warning. But before we go on to go, I have to leave you with this amazing thing. Uh, an ATM-dwelling rat in India gobbled up $18,000. I thought that was intriguing. <laughs> and, of course, the dead woman found alive in the Marg fridge in uh, South Africa. Another one. But maybe we'll cover that another time. <laughs> How about the two intoxicated hedgehogs that were rescued in Germany? Probably from Trump. <laughs> I you were so, a Steve, thank, I thanks you were a big fan of Trump. I am. I am. He's coming to see us tomorrow. If you can't laugh, what's the use of living? True. So, anyways, we're just about out of time, and I want to thank you for uh, staying up past your bedtime. And well, you don't sleep yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah. You sleep with your eyes open. So, what the hell? That's not sleeping. Eyes open and arms wide. Well, so like Frankenstein, for God's sake! Remind me not to sleep with you. Whoa. <laughs> you won't need reminding because the situation will never arrive. <laughs> I, I'll have to warn Dylan. <laughs> Shit so, is full. So anyways, we got to go. 
Thank you very much for listening, Steve. Thanks. Thank you. And uh, tune in next week when the Blonde Bombshell will be back. Back from Baltimore. Yeah, with Edgar Allan Poe's body, probably. Good night. It's not with his head. That's in Cambridge, isn't it? Uh, No. Cleveland. I know know that, uh, what's his name? Hitler's uh, pecker is in uh, the United States. There we are, then. Good night. God bless. Yeah, we'll leave you with that. From goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night, deliver us good luck.